Good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. SWAT Radio is part of His Light International Ministries, and its mission is to equip men in sound biblical instruction for the purpose of godly living. We believe, as Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3, that all Scripture is breathed out by God. It's profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Our greatest desire at SWAT Radio is to see Christian men shepherd their families, serve the local church, and seek the welfare of their cities, all for the glory of God. And we're glad you've tuned in today. This is Brad Sykes hanging out with our good friend and co-host Doug McCary. In fact, over the last couple of weeks, we've been doing an overview of Acts chapters 1 through 16 as we've gathered back together for the fall semester at SWAT. Last week, we looked at chapters 1 through 8. This week, we'll be looking at chapters 9 through 12. And over the next hour and throughout the week, we're going to examine God's Word and take a deeper look into the fruit of discipleship. Just as a reminder, SWAT Radio is a live broadcast, and I want to encourage you to call in with your questions, comments, or just an encouraging word. The number to call is 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. If you're unable to call, you can feel free to email us at ask at SWAT radio.com before we jump into our teaching today doug i know you've had a busy week busy weekend yes it's it it has been busy Uh, i'm glad to be back oh and uh, certainly appreciate you and dave doing a great job i listened to y'all by the way did you on friday yeah i listened to y'all thought y'all did a great job and appreciate y'all taking that and uh and then I, i actually and I think I, I listened to uh, you and Tim McKenzie on Thursday. By the way, uh, on Every Word, what a great resource out really there. Is. And, you know, I, I've i read through um, Psalm 1. Oh, gosh, I can't even tell you the number. <laughs> over hundreds of times. Right. And, uh, in fact, I just read it again two days ago as part of my, my systematic reading of the right. Bible. Right, And I just couldn't help getting out the two-path thought from what he shared and thinking about how prevalent it is in scripture in the old testament the new testament you're either on the path of following god or you're on the path of following yourself yeah yeah i mean that's yeah. it yeah it, it oh. breaks down and and I'm, it's been fascinating to me this weekend and watching how people respond to queen elizabeth mm. and I thought Jim Dennison, I don't agree with everything he says all the time, but sometimes he'll put pretty good nuggets out there. And he put this out because he's also been watching. By the way, uh, a, 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 like a million people line the streets of London, right, this morning for her funeral. I mean, basically the procession of the casket. Incredible. 500 heads of state. By the way, Biden was late. That's why he's not up front. He was at, he wasn't allowed in because he was late. Way to go, President Biden. That's awesome. Uh, anyway, the 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 service they said is going to be watched by over four billion people. That's wow. that is half the world. Wow, watching and uh, you know. But he made this statement: Why would America that revolted against Elizabeth's great 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 grandfather, King George the Third? Um, 
be so enamored with Queen Elizabeth. Well, first of all, she was graceful. Mm-hmm. She was a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he made this interesting observation that um, the way the British royal family is in their relationship to America is kind of all the royalty we want. In fact, our fascination is with a monarch who really has no power in our life. And that's really the way we view Jesus a lot. We want Mm. Jesus at a distance. Right. But we really don't want him having an ability to call on us to do anything or enforce anything. We just want Jesus at a distance. Just like we like the monarch over there, right? We've talked about that many times. We we want Jesus as Savior, but don't I don't want him as Lord. I I don't want to have to obey him. Yes. Uh it's yeah. In in fact, it's interesting. I use an illustration a lot of times. I talk about having a constitutional monarch, which is um what what they have over there. Uh they um the queen when, when Parliament in England passes a bill, uh, it goes for the Queen's signature. But guess hmm. what? If she refuses to sign it, it still goes into law. Wow. Because her signature is only symbolic. And that's the way we treat God a lot of times. He sends his plan to us, you know, and tells us this is what we're going to do. And we say, no, we don't. But God's not a constitutional monarch. He is an absolute monarch, mm, and we mm. will give an account one day. But we approach him the other way. Yeah. Hey, here's my plan, God. Would yeah. you bless it? Yeah. Oh, it, it's, if he doesn't bless it, I'm still going to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. We treat him yeah, like that's right. the British people treat the queen, <laughs> uh, which is interesting because everybody's enamored. And she did. You know, she took power at a very, very young age. She did. And she was reluctant about it. She really didn't want to do it. In fact, her husband was all he wanted to do was serve in the military. Mm -hmm. And so, um, anyway, watching the service today, watching the, uh, Anglican priest stand up from the church of England and basically talk about the gospel. I heard the gospel mentioned more today, um, through him than I have, except one other guy on the news lately, Pete Hegseth, last Friday. I'm going to try to uh, play a snippet of it when we come back, if I can. But he on he, he does a show on Fox News. for he, he fills in for people, and he was filling in for Jesse Waters. And he said, I'm going to preach. And I want really? you to hear when we come back. Yeah, I'd like to hear uh, that. In fact... Maybe I'll find it now. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to look for it now because Wait. it was so powerful what he said. Brad. You know, one of the things, the, the day the queen died, uh, my friend, your friend, Jeff Dalrymple, called me and said, and if you remember, Jeff was Al Mohler's chief of staff. He said, hey, do you want me to get Dr. Mohler on today? I had the broadcast that, that day. I already had a guest teed up, and Jeff said, do you want me to get Dr. Mohler on he he you know he's such a historian yeah. and he had so much he just thought that'd be great to have dr moeller on to talk about that but uh well yeah dr moeller likes all that kind of stuff doesn't he he's <laughs> he, he's he's i'm sure he's gonna say but i thought what would you think about what jim dennison said I yeah mean, i mean i think it's i think it's solid yeah you know? I, I mean like it isn't it true oh that we want this this uh symbolic monarch totally, totally. uh 
but we don't really want the one who's going to tell us what to do. Yeah, well, I would uh, definitely fit in that category much of the time. Unfortunately, it was one of the things that uh, you were talking about, Tim McKenzie and his quick exposition of Psalm 1. And specifically, I kind of zeroed in on this uh, this blessed man who uh, who delights in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day mm-hmm. and night and he specifically talked about this idea that medit that word meditate is is kind of like coming from the word to groan. Mm-hmm. And you think about all the things that we groan about. You know, what keeps you up at night is probably not the word of God. Yeah. What keeps us up at night is what, you know, what's happening in Washington DC or Tallahassee or, or, our or City Hall. Or, Absolutely. Yeah. Those are the things we meditate on, mm-hmm. and uh, it really, it really was very convicting for me to be a man who is blessed, and yet I meditate on so many other things I, other than the Word of God. I thought he did a fascinating job of of just working through that mm-hmm. and saying, "I want to be the guy who's blessed, not who perishes." Exactly. You know. Exactly. Were you able to find that? Uh, I, yeah, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm getting close, <laughs> and, and so you know, I just didn't realize Pete Hegseth. God's got a hold of his life to be, I mean, to say the things he, do you know, was this on Fox news? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just, this was played during prime time to millions of people. And it was really mind blowing to me that they would put this out. And so I'm, you know, Pete's on there and he does this. He fills in for people. He has his own program too. And, you know, um, it's just, you know, it's fascinating that he he taught he called people to Jesus Christ right there on the tell yeah like <laughs> on a new, this was not a spiritual broadcast this was he now, was talking about America and where we've come in our country and where we've gone to uh, I mean I'm going to try to get it teed up for the break when we come back in because I just want people to hear this is being this was broadcast to millions of people not on a Christian radio program or a Christian television program. This was a secular news program that this guy just moved by the spirit, which, you know, you asked me uh, in a text what most impacted me out of the first eight chapters. Mm -hmm. I'd say just the moving of the spirit, how the spirit, it really should be called the acts of the Holy Spirit, not the acts of the apostles, you know. Totally agree. I I was so, uh, you know, kind of, and I'm glad we actually... Uh, that you chose to do kind of an overview since we we pretty much spent all last year in uh, the first 16 chapters of Acts, and now we're going to spend probably this year, the, the rest of it, was to go back and look look through this. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's something in every single dot and tittle of the Scriptures. Yeah. But, man, I was blown away that this this idea of persecution, the persecution of Stephen— Mm-hmm. brings about the fulfillment of Acts 1-8, mm-hmm. that you, where Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. How's he going to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to do it in persecution. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and that that's what's going to, well, that's what drove the people out into Samaria. It's what drove, uh, think about the, how the gospel spreads. Even that guy who was held in Turkey for so long, talks about how 
what happened to him has been used to further the gospel, you know? Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, anyway, as Steve just said, we got to go to our first break. When we come back, we're going to open up with that little segment. I I want that little clip. It's not that long, but Pete Hexett's sharing the gospel. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear it. And, uh, yeah, and now that I see his his uh, picture, I think he's got like seven kids. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. sounds like my kind of guy there. <laughs> With that said, we're glad you've joined us on SWAT Radio today. Our phone lines will be open during our third and fourth segment. If you want to join in the conversation, the phone number is 844-777-SWAT. That's 844-777-7928. If you have any questions or comments, you just want to drop us a line, email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back as we dive into our text for today. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. This week we're doing an overview of Acts chapters 9 through 12. And as we look at the fruits of discipleship, in fact, uh, Doug, I, I know you you got something teed up we want to listen to, but you know, we wrapped up our teaching last week with a reminder that as followers of Christ, we're going to experience both opposition and opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, one leads to persecution oftentimes. The other leads to the proclamation of the gospel. And, uh, you know, it was one of the things that as I looked back on just this past week was realizing that the persecution of Stephen led to the proclamation of the gospel mm-hmm. and the spreading of the gospel and uh, just really impacted me. And so I hope you'll tune in this week as, as Doug kind of moves through uh, uh, Acts chapter 9, 10, 11, and 12. Yes. And uh, so we got a busy week this week. We do. And uh, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna try to play this. I hope, I hope the sound quality be good. This is Pete Hexeth of Fox News on Friday night, and he's doing a segment. It is called Losing the Faith. And so here he goes, Pete Hexeth. 
religion in the United States as early as 2045. Look at these numbers. In the 1990s, 90% of adults identified as Christians. Then in 2007, it dropped to 78%. And most recently, only 64% say they are Christian. Our nation's faith is diminishing at an alarming rate. The question is why? I believe we have only ourselves to blame. I often hear parents and grandparents say, I worked hard so that my kids would live better than I did and have what I didn't have. The World War II generation rightfully said we fought a world war so that our kids wouldn't have to, so their kids could live in peace and prosperity. Previous generations of Americans did a great job passing along peace, prosperity, leisure, entertainment, and progress in medicine, science, and technology. They passed those to their posterity. But along the way, previous generations passed along all of the wants of the world and not enough of the needs. They took for granted the main ingredient that underwrites all of those worldly advancements, and that's faith. Faith in something greater than ourselves. The belief that God is the architect of our good fortune and the bedrock of our blessings. Nothing else matters or even makes sense without a sincere reckoning with our creator. It's the single most important thing I can teach my kids, and you, yours. Somewhere along the line, we stopped prioritizing Christianity in our homes and within our families. We took it for granted. I know I did for far too long, assuming that the faith of our forefathers would just self-perpetuate. So Christian schools shrunk. Church attendance plummeted. Prayer outright banned in public life. Christians allowed this to happen in exchange for convenient and godless public schools, vapid and decadent entertainment, and endless rabbit holes of social media. Instead of raising our kids to be Christians, learning and living according to the life and teachings of Jesus Christ, we outsourced our values to an increasingly godless culture, schools, and media. Here's what I know. Every time I enter church on Sunday, I know I need to be there. I'm reminded of my fallen, sinful nature. I reckon with the fact that human perfection is impossible, that I fall short and will always fall short. I am not perfectible, I am not enough, and I am not God. I need forgiveness, I need grace, and that only comes from Jesus Christ on the cross, dying for my sins and the sins of all mankind. His resurrection is my salvation and yours. Now you might ask, why does this matter? Faith is one thing, politics another. That's not true. And our founding fathers understood this. They built our system knowing two key things, among others. First, men are not angels. We are prone to power consolidation, to greed and to pride. Always have been, always will be. Hence, they built a system of checks and balances, separation of powers, equal justice, and not a pure democracy. Instead, a constitutional republic predicated on the fact that our rights come from God, not from government. Okay, so you, you get the picture, man. <clears throat> wow. that, is that, I mean, like, that, he basically just shared his testimony, shared, I mean, that was, I thought, amazing, and 
I was blown away that he did that. Well, like first that, of all, that, that doesn't go out without somebody going, okay, you can do this. Yeah. I, first of all, you know, we often, you know, we often have strong words for some of the media, but kudos to uh, Fox News for allowing that to go oh, out. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, and, like and thank that. you for the courage of Pete to, to proclaim that message. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Pete, listen, he says, I need this. Yeah. This is this is not a guy. He he preached. He talked about total depravity, yeah, and I mean everything that we've been teaching about on the gospel according to Jesus over the past few weeks. He just laid it out there and said Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the King, and and we're not God. Yeah, you know. I, I just wrote down also. What am I passing along? Hmm. Yeah, because he touched on that early on. Yeah. You know, and you think about. The things that we pass on to the next generation, you know, there there may be some men listening who could say they are passing along a great fastball to their son, mm-hmm. or a good spiral, or maybe a good cast of a line, or a good shotgun shoot, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which are all good things. Don't don't get me wrong, but man, if you go back and I turned real quickly back to Deuteronomy chapter six, where it says, "You shall teach them diligently to your children." and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Uh, you can have it in my Bible all the time. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be on frontals between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What is it that we're supposed to do that with? That the Lord is our God. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean <laughs> – he hit the nail on the head. We are to blame well, we for are. this. Yeah, we we are. As Christians. Yeah, and we've not done the uh, the things that we're supposed to do. And by the way, if you go to his bio, you'll see, I mean, they pretty much slam him on Wikipedia and all those places. They they talk about how this is, he's like in his third marriage. He's oh, had, is he really? He's had a couple of affairs. And uh, they put all that stuff out on the media hmm. and everything. Why? Because they 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 look at him as a conservative guy, and and he's only forty two years old. But here's here's the thing, and I, I I told Lori this the other day. We were talking about it. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how you start in life, or even along the way i mean yeah it does in the sense that you're you're going to have some some pains and some some consequences from bad choices and mm-hmm. i'm sure he does but what really matters is do you really end up believing and following the lord jesus christ are you are you rescued and he said every time i step through the doors of a church i realize i need to be there yeah. i realize mm-hmm. And, and and it sounded a lot to me like the guy who said, Lord, I'm not even worthy to look at you. Right. That's what I heard mm. behind the voice. Mm. Mm. And so when I think of the t- text we're looking at today, the text is really a whole chapter, chapter 9. And, you know, other than Jesus, Brad, the most influential person in the church is a guy named Paul, yeah. who was formerly called Saul. He was Jewish. He was chosen by God. He was a Pharisee, a religious leader. 
He was a Roman citizen. He was Greek educated. He was a missionary. He was an evangelist. He was a church planner. He was a pastor. He was a teacher. He was a preacher. I mean, he, he, as far as the church goes, Mm -hmm. he pretty much is, is the greatest human other than Jesus to give us most of the New Testament and letters he wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Well, what is it, 13, maybe 14 of the 27 New Testament books? Yes, and nobody saw it coming. Yeah, exactly. No, Nobody saw it. I mean, even Ananias, when he was up there, you know, in Damascus, God tells him to do it. He goes, Lord, I've heard a lot about this guy. And so as we look at the life of Saul being called, I want to point out the sovereignty of God in it, in Mm -hmm. that this was not a guy looking for Jesus. Jesus found him and came to him. Well, we're we're reminded that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Yes, he did. Including Paul. Yeah, and Paul was just a lost religious guy, right? He was, how many people are lost out in the world in religion? They're following some God-forsaken religious activity, thinking that they're really in. But, you know, over in Acts 26, Paul retells the story of his conversion. Mm -hmm. And in verse 12, he's telling about it, um, and he's telling um, uh, Agrippa, Herod Agrippa, about it because he had been in jail, uh, and they he he was making an explanation to Felix and Fest. They said, hey, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to send you over to Herod. Right. And he goes to Herod and he starts telling them the story. And he said, I just saw this light that was brighter than the sun. And I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick in against the goads. And he says this, who are you, Lord? Now, why is that so significant, Brad? Well, they're going to have to come back after the break to hear. Brad, Amen. But that's a significant <laughs> statement and it should give everybody out there hope amen amen hey glad you joined us today we're going to take a uh, break for national news uh we want to hear from you uh, and when we return the number to call is 844-777-SWAT 844-777-7928 you can also email us with your questions and comments to ask at swatradio.com that's ask at swatradio.com stay tuned we'll be right back as doug and i continue our discussion on the scope of god's grace to SWAT Radio. We're glad you've joined us as we're doing an overview of Acts chapter 9 today, specifically looking at the scope of God's grace. Before we jump into it, I just got word that there was an earthquake in Mexico, 7.6. Um, I don't know if you have any details on that, Doug. No, just, not that we're in that business, that there, but, <laughs> no, but not that there's, but, but it just that there, there, there didn't seem to be any initial damage or, 
or loss of life right away, at least their initial news reports. But uh, anyway, um, certainly uh, every time you hear an earthquake, you think about what Jesus said before his return. There'll be wars and rumors of mm-hmm. wars. There'll be earthquakes and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, come Lord Jesus, right? Amen. Come. Uh, anyway, I want to go back, Brad, to Paul uh remind or telling his story that we read about in acts nine but he's telling it to herod agrippa and when he's relaying the story he says in verse 15 of chapter 26 and i said who are you lord Hmm. and the lord said i am jesus whom you are persecuting but rise and stand on your feet for i've appeared to you for this purpose to appoint you as a servant and a witness to the things in which you've seen me and to those in which I will appear to you. Now, there is not a church in the world that up to this point would have picked Paul to do that. Mm-hmm. And it shows the absolute sovereignty of God. There wasn't a, a church playing the right kind of music to get Paul to come in there. They weren't setting the right mood there was no friendship evangelism. It was just God sovereignly going to Paul and saying, hey, stop persecuting me. You're my servant now. I'm redirecting wow. your life. Now think about that. <laughs> if you're out there and you have somebody in your life that has gone away from the Lord, they're hostile to God. There was nobody more hostile than Paul. He was killing Christians. He was he he went to the high priest to get permission to go to other parts of Israel and bring them back. Mm-hmm. And God says, nope, you're mine. Yeah. And I'm going to take you and show the world what my power can do in somebody. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. I mean, and, and you know, this isn't a, obviously this story stands on its own, but there's uh, there's plenty throughout the scriptures where we see this kind of activity, this kind of movement of God um, you know, I think to your point, and, and we've heard it even in testimonies of people that we know personally, mm-hmm. you know, where God, I mean, I was thinking you had a conversation with John Monger before we came on the air. Yeah. Think about his testimony. And, uh, listen, he was a Buddhist that God just came into his life and yeah. said, you know, his parents had divorced and walking down the street and some kid comes up to him and gives him a track that he reads, goes into the woods. The next thing he knows, he's a believer Less than a year later, he's thrown in jail for preaching to his family, mm-hmm. and he spent 18 months in prison being beaten, not going through seminary, not going through training of how to be persecuted if you're a believer and respond, and he prayed for his attackers. He prayed yeah. for his the people that were beating him. I'm like, you can't make that up, man. Yeah. And you can't draw out a formula for how God's going to reach people. The reality is in Acts chapter 8, we see the Ethiopian eunuch come to Christ I mean, here's a guy who's, you know, serving the queen, you know, and 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 Philip gets up into the chariot with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, what are the chances of that happening? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the chances of Philip getting invited <laughs> yeah. by the Ethiopian eunuch to come on up in this chariot and explain the scriptures to me? Yeah, uh, I'm sure, Doug, you've had opportunities like that that you you look back over your life and you, I can't believe God gave me that opportunity. No, un- you know, unbelievable opportunities if you're available available yeah it's being available but it won't come without opposition 
well, you know, which no. we looked at last week. And, and you know, I do want to go back to Chapter 9 just for a second because in this chapter, Brad, you know, it's it, it, it's funny because Paul is struck by the Lord with blindness. He is on the road, and he's struck blind for three days. Now, what's interesting about the blindness is blindness was always symbolic uh, of of being without Christ being, I mean, like in, you know, when somebody was blind, mm-hmm. he made the blind to see. Right. Well, um, when God goes to Ananias and tells him, uh, I want you to go and I want you to look for Saul of Tarsus. And he said, he is praying. Hmm. So often when we're struck with any infirmity from God, maybe to get our attention or he brings what I call an attention getter into our life. Um, do we pray or do we run? The only place that you can't run away from God, if you're his child, if you are out there listening and, you know, you're not following him, you're not, you know, Brad's uh, brother-in-law talked about it last Thursday. He said, there's two paths. You're either following God or you're following yourself. And and if you're following yourself, you're following Satan. Mm-hmm. We don't like to say it like that because right. people go on. I'm not following the devil. Right. If you're following yourself, you're following the enemy because what did he say in the garden? You can be like God. All you got to do is go eat from the tree that God told you not to eat from. Right. And so we have two choices always. There's not three. Like Tim said, mm-hmm. there's only two. And so here he is following his own lead. God strikes him blind and he starts praying. He starts going, okay, God, I, I, I realize there's something not right here. And Ananias goes to him, and but before he ever does anything for God, what does God say? He's my instrument. He's going to be a chosen instrument, and he's going to suffer much. Brad, do you know there's people out there that believe that suffering is, is not something that God's people are going to experience? There's people that teach that if you're a true follower of Jesus, oh, you won't suffer. God doesn't want you to suffer. <laughs> well, that's interesting because it says before Paul ever really started following that if he follows him, he says, hey, I'm going to show him how much he must suffer for my, the sake of my name. <laughs> this God's suffering is not pointless. He doesn't bring pain into our life or allow pain into our life for any reason except for his glory. And so Ananias did what he said. He went and told Saul, and guess what? Saul um, went out, and he started immediately preaching. And it said many days has passed, and guess what the Jews wanted to do? They wanted to kill him, just like they wanted to kill yeah. all the other Christians. Yeah. And and so Saul was rescued, and when he came to Jerusalem, it says he attempted to join the disciples, hmm. and they were afraid because they didn't believe he was a disciple. Well, can you blame them? Right, exactly. I mean, like, really? I mean, like, but who's there? Barnabas, who we met back in chapter 6, took him and brought him to the apostles. That's the 12, and declared how on the road he'd seen the Lord. And basically, he stood in his place with him and said, hey, this guy is the real deal. And so he began to go in and out among them, and he would preach bold. And it says the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was being built up, and it multiplied. And, I mean, that—that that is Saul. That is 
Saul is now no longer going to be the persecutor of the church. He's going to be the preacher for the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to be the antagonist anymore. He's going to be the guy who's going out, who's going to be beaten and shipwrecked and, you know, like multiple times beat, not just one time, right. multiple times. And so that really is the bulk of chapter 9. And then at the end, Luke throws in this healing of Aeneas and Dorcas. And it almost seems out of place, you know, but nothing's out of place in Scripture. The Spirit has everything in the place it's supposed to be. But it, it has Peter who is, it says he went here and there among them all. And he came to the saints who lived at Lydda. And and then he healed this guy who was paralyzed. So Peter is out. Now, this is not public where he's just preaching publicly. Mm-hmm. And Peter's doing private ministry. And he does it here. He does it for Dorcas. He raises Dorcas to life. He's being like his master, Jesus, as he does personal ministry. And, Brad, I have to say one of the greatest missing elements for a lot of ministry leaders and and Christians today is everybody wants public ministry, but not a lot of personal private ministry. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. This is not anything drawing attention to himself. This is, this is him just going, doing some ministry to some people to, and, and I think that is what deepens our public ministry. When you do private ministry and you're out there meeting one-on-one with people dealing with the hurt needs and the you know the special needs of people in the community i think it makes you sharper publicly yeah. to proclaim him well it certainly uh ministry is is dirty business it is you know what i mean it's it's people who get into the ministry thinking they're going to have some massive platform uh we don't really know how how is when god called you doug or if you're listening right now and you think about when you, when God called you to follow him, mm-hmm. did you ever imagine the people that you would end up ministering to? You know, I, I, I think about a trip I took with you to India. <laughs> In 1981, when I surrendered my life to Christ, I would have never imagined I'd end up in India one day. Yeah, that's just, it, it, it's it, just one story. No, but it wasn't flashy. No, oh, no, but no, it's no. a lot of personal ministry to yeah. Dawa and the leaders yeah. of that thing. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. You, you went to the Philippines also, right. yeah. and it was very public. There was a lot mm-hmm. of public. And to me, the and I think you see this, that the personal ministry prepares you to publicly minister. You know, I think I think to do the public without the private you, you you start to develop a double life like hey, we see in so many people. Think about it. You know, as we were looking, listening to Pete Hegseth uh, speak out, Pete Hegseth, um, it made me, you know, I turned over to Deuteronomy 6. And you think about, to me, the greatest ministry opportunities that God gives us are generally right in our own homes mm-hmm. because that is the next generation. Yes. And, you know, yes, Absolutely. We we want to be that, that man who stands up before thousands and we see thousands come to Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, that can happen. If we understand geometric progression as we share with one, two, or three, and they do the same, 
You get to a thousand really quick. Wow, you do. If you're faithful to disciple the one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when we come back from the break, Doug and I will take your calls. The number to call is 844-777-7928. Maybe you have a cool testimony you want to share with us. Uh, Give us a call, 844-777-SWAT. Again, if you're unable to call, please email us at ask at swatradio.com. That's A-S-K at swatradio.com. We'll be right back for our final segment. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. For those who are new to SWAT Radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. SWAT is a teaching ministry that seeks to equip and encourage men in their daily walk with Jesus Christ. By the way, this broadcast is made possible by the generous donation of listeners like you and corporate sponsors who support clear and unashamed teaching and discussion of God's Word. If you are interested in learning more about SWAT Radio or one of the many SWAT Bible studies for men, Go to SWATradio.com and click on the SWAT Meetings tab. We would love to have you join us in person. If you're interested in supporting or sponsoring SWAT Radio, click on the Support tab for further information. Our phone lines are open for the last segment of the day. We'd love to hear from you. Call us at 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. Hey, just a couple of quick comments to uh brad as we're waiting like if you look in chapter nine uh specifically specifically in verse 23 it's a pretty mm-hmm. significant verse it says when many days had passed as luke is telling the story you know he writes that statement and that was desert training for mm-hmm. saul right he goes approximately in. three years, I believe. Yeah, if you go back to Galatians 1, 16 through 19. In fact, if you can find that, just read that real quick. Galatians 1, 16 through 19. 
and uh, that that is the many days there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's desert training. You know, Moses and Elijah had done desert training in order to commune with God and think out all the implications of what they were called to do mm-hmm. without any interruptions. And that's where Saul goes. And it's just that little, you what wouldn't was, know that. It Galatians it's Galatians 1? 1, 16 through 19. All right. All right. Let me read it. Uh, right. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Galatians 1, 16 through 19. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, let me just start with 15. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days, but I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Yeah, so Cephas is Peter. Mm-hmm. And so here he goes. He goes in the desert for three years. Yeah. He's desert training. Hmm. And uh, that's what, you know, uh, Ray Vanderlaan took us over into the desert first because that's where God trains his people in the desert. And maybe you're in a desert training period right now. The desert is where you learn to trust, you learn to hear, um, and you, you, you trust God. You know, when you're in the desert, you appreciate water. Yeah. But when you're in Jacksonville, Florida, you don't appreciate water. Hmm. It's all around you. Uh, you know, uh, Lori and I were talking about the rain the other day. And, you know, we've had so much rain. And people, including me, are going, man, I wish it stopped raining. <laughs> and Lori said, you know, I don't think God's people would have ever wanted it to stop raining because it kept the soil fertile mm-hmm. in the desert. Right. right and desert right. places and so you just think about think about that and that's just one little thing from chapter nine i remember that i wanted to pass on another thing though is at the end as peter i i, I we kind of blew by it the fact that he raised someone from the dead yeah. yeah that was a big deal you just didn't see that every day mm-hmm. and jesus did it and here he comes and he he does it with dorcas uh uh, she was Tabitha, uh, but also known as Dorcas. And think about what that must have took to go in there and look at Dorcas and get down and pray. And and you talk about putting yourself on the spot and putting the Lord on the spot as you walk in there. That That was pretty bold to go in there and do that. And I think in our lives a lot of times we're almost afraid to put God on display like that, to put mm-hmm. his power, um, you know, but Peter, um, when he went in there, you know, he did it. He just said, listen, I, I'm going to trust God because he's an authentic, true disciple of Jesus. I mean, this was not some false teacher. And when he went in there, uh, he just knelt down and prayed. There, he was assured he wasn't doubting what God could do. I just think that's a fascinating little insertion right there before we see Cornelius, and it's really important because what the last part of chapter 9 says is it says it became known throughout all Joppa, which it means 
that's where it was, which is modern-day Jaffa, J-A-F-F-A, which you've stood there on the banks yep. of Jaffa. Yep. I've been there, and it said he stayed in Jaffa for many days with Simon a Tanner. Now, that's a very significant statement, too, that mm-hmm. transitions mm-hmm. into Chapter 10 because uh, a tanner does what? Yeah. What do they do? Deal with the skins of the animals, the dead, dead animals. Dead animals. Yeah. And what They're are unclean. Jews? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so here's Peter staying in the home of a guy who deals with dead animal skins, and God is about to take him and connect him with Cornelius, which was huge. Hmm. It's so big, Brad, it takes two chapters, chapters 10 and 11, and that's really going to be our focus tomorrow. But, I mean, just think about it for a second. I mean, like here Peter is out doing what Peter does, and he's in Joppa, and he goes in and, and prays for this widow to be uh, resurrected. I was thinking, Doug, not to interrupt you, but you know, going back to the ministry he was he did in Joppa, um, in raising Dorcas. Clearly, based on what you read in that text, is that there was an expectation of a move of God. Yes, and it, I don't know, you know. Peter, at least I don't see it anywhere in there that Peter said, "Hey, you guys stand out here. I'm going to go raise her from the dead." No. But Peter clearly entered that room with that in his mind yeah, and on his heart. You mm-hmm. know, God, if this is your will, raise Dorcas mm-hmm. uh, for your glory. And, uh, you know, just interesting that they uh, they knew Peter was nearby. Mm-hmm. They, you know, reached out and got him there, and, uh, and he came. Well, uh, you know— this was already a Christian community. This was not a sign particularly given um, to make somebody believe in Jesus. You know, how, that's how people use stuff like this mm-hmm. today. A lot of times you'll right. hear uh, people who I think, uh, unfortunately, Signs misuse, and wonders misuse and... scripture. Mm-hmm. This was this was believers. In fact, lit, you know, um, you know uh, Dorcas or Tabitha was helping people. She was doing good. She was making clothes for widows. And these people were moved at her death. They reached out to Peter to see if he might come in and do it. And he did. He comes in there and raises her. And um, I, I, I just think it's a fascinating testimony to have in there. And um, Jesus, I mean, he did almost like Jesus. Jesus said, little girl, get up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And what does Peter say? He says, Tabitha, arise. It's almost the same thing. She opened her eyes and she sat up. And, I mean, when that happened, can you imagine? I mean, if somebody raised somebody from the dead around you, are you going to listen to what they say? Yeah. yeah. I, I think I'm going to yeah. pay attention, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and words certainly would have spread uh, to um, Caesarea and everywhere else. I, I, and here you got Cornelius is going. He's praying to God, and and there's there guy the guys that followed Jesus are doing the same things he did, and so Peter was known as the leader. He was known as the leader of the group. So I think Luke brings us back to Peter now after just giving us the window. Okay, this terror to the church has mm-hmm. been converted, mm-hmm. and we're going to hear more about him later. But first, 
we gotta we gotta you know kind of get the direction of going towards the Gentiles because for the Jews that was a big deal. This is going to be a big mountain, a big hurdle in chapters ten and eleven that a Roman. Are you kidding me? Uh, a centurion in the Roman army is going to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is going to take some time to develop, and that's what we're going to look at tomorrow. Well, I'm sitting here. I'm underlining this uh, verse 41 here where uh, Peter, uh, calling the saints and the widows around, he presented Dorcas alive. (laughs) And, and, And literally earlier in the same chapter, Paul, Saul, is presented alive in Christ. Yeah. You know, one is a spiritual uh, resurrection, a spiritual birth. One is a physical raising from the dead. Mm-hmm. You know that, uh, and yet, of course, that's what we see throughout the the text is God doing a work, not just uh, physically in the raising of Dorcas, but spiritually. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's Cornelius or Saul, and on and on. Yeah, and it did say, Brad, that many people believed in the Lord because of the reputation. I mean, I, I, that 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 is, you know, that kind of a thing happens today, not necessarily in somebody being raised from the dead, but earth-moving things happen in people's lives. Amen. And, and we as believers have to be bold like Peter and pray to the God of all creation for these kind of things to happen. Yeah, and, to, and give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a mouth to speak of the testimonies of God. Yeah, and, pre- not, and to be bold. Absolutely. He presented her alive. Well, that's a wrap for today. We're glad you tuned in. Uh, please go to www.swatradio.com. You can listen to past broadcasts there, any of our guests, any of our interviews that we've done in the past for goodness for a long time. You can go back and check those out. I hope you'll join us tomorrow. Until then, continue advancing truth. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual